1: Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and I like birds. It's true, I admit it. Today on the show, we'll be talking about a brief history of birds. Turns out the history of birds isn't really all that brief. Thanks a lot, Stephen Hawking. There are a lot of secrets that birds are hiding in their evolutionary history, and we have to go all the way back to dinosaur times to find them. Are there secretly still dinosaurs lurking among us? How did birds learn how to fly? Why did some birds decide to be so small? Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, is birds dinosaurs? Joining me today is podcaster, writer, and our fabulous producer, Joelle
2: Monique. Hey guys, what's up? It's so good to have you back on, Joel. Thank you. It's nice to be back. I uh, am jealous listening to you talk to all of these people, and I always want to <laughs> chime in. And I'm like, this is not your show. Take a step back.
1: <laughs> you should. We gotta. We should have you on a hot mic at all times. Oh honestly. my god, I love that. <laughs> it's just gonna be me being like, it can really do that. What? <laughs> Honestly, honestly, now that you say that, let's do it. Okay, I'm here for it. Hot mic all the time. As long as you're not too stressed about it. No, I'm I'm here
2: for it, 100%. 100%.
1: Well, speaking of stress, so I am sorry to do this
2: to you, Oh, no, what are we doing? Today we're talking about birds. I should have known! The betrayal! Okay, all right. I'm going to put on my brave hat, and we're just going to get through this for us. Put on your brave
1: hat. So, You know, Joelle, you do have a fear of birds. I do. I I do know this. I'm not here to torture you. Okay. I want to basically, well, I want to validate your fear (gasps) while also maybe helping you
2: be less afraid. Does that make sense? I don't know how you're going to do both, but I look forward to the validating part so that I can blast (laughs) it for my brother's. And be like, listen, here's a really good reason that you should be afraid of birds.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Because I think when most people hear are like you're afraid of birds, it's like, well, how can you be afraid of birds? But I think that it now I'm speaking as someone who absolutely loves birds. <laughs> They're like my favorite kind of animal. But I do understand your fear. I do think it's valid. Would it surprise you and everyone listening out there to hear that dinosaurs did not die out and they are currently alive and well No, because they're
2: birds and I know that (laughs) and that's why I'm afraid of birds. Listen, here's my theory on birds. I know they have small brains, but some birds have memory. Some birds hold grudges. Almost Mm -hmm. all birds have claws and the advantage of flight. Listen, if these guys ever got together and were like, listen... We got it next to human race. Look at them. They're killing our <laughs> trees and our like resources for living. They could absolutely take us out. They have all of the advantages and most people aren't afraid of them. It's they're honestly the best predators. It's horrifying. Yes.
1: And they're all around us. They are smarter, better dinosaurs. And I mean, that's why I personally like them. And I welcome the bird revolution. I, for one, will welcome our bird overlords with open arms, or should I say open wings? Mm. Uh, But yes, I mean, those are all valid reasons to respect and I suppose fear the birds. So the general consensus amongst evolutionary biologists is that birds are literally dinosaurs, not Like, oh, they're like they're living dinosaurs. No, they are actually dinosaurs, just like snakes are reptiles or humans are mammals. And they are the only living dinosaurs in the world, which is something. I mean, like, you know, Jurassic Park is basically going to the zoo and going into the aviary. (laughs) Which is you horrifying. Know what? So I love birds. Mm. I get anxious when I go to the aviary, not because I'm scared of the birds, but I feel like the chance I'm going to get pooped on
2: is almost 100%. I am both afraid of birds and claustrophobic, which makes <laughs> the aviary my nightmare scenario. And swarms, right? Yeah, I so don't it's like, like swarms in... of things. And they're all right. just around and all... like it, The Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago, which was the zoo I went to the most as like a child, has an open aviary. So like... It's an enclosed space and then there's like chicken wire that's sort of over a bridge that you can walk through. Other than that, it's just birds flapping overhead very loud. And then when you exit, it's a giant, like, I want to say 20 foot tall cage, just the birds of prey. Yeah, just like one of each bird of prey, like a weird Noah's Ark. <laughs> it was the most traumatizing because they would be. Like, you could just close your eyes, and you think that would be better, but when you close your eyes, you're just but hearing then you flapping, hear them, and you feel and their calls, wings. And it's like moist and dark in there. It's not a pleasant experience. Now, I
1: I actually do like it. I do like aviaries as long as I'm wearing a hat because I'm like, well, if I get pooed on, it's got to be on a hat. I don't want to get that out of my hair. But yes, I I imagine if you are afraid of birds, an aviary is perhaps you know the seventh circle of hell. Mm. (laughs) Similar. So I think it is a fascinating story of how dinosaurs turned into birds, and I think it is when you really look at a bird, I think you can kind of see. Oh yeah, yeah. That I I can see how that's kind of a dinosaur like, but it is. It's, it's kind of mind blowing to think about how these huge dinosaurs slowly turned into these little puffballs and why they would go from being these incredible, huge dino terrors roaming the earth to birds. Like, why did that happen? So I want to talk about how dinosaurs turned into birds.
2: Yes, let's do that. <laughs>
1: And, Joelle, I think you will come from this feeling both validated and maybe, hopefully, I don't know, understanding birds and where they're coming from. I would like to. I would like to understand <laughs>
2: those evil creatures.
1: <laughs> so, birds came from a clade of dinosaurs called theropods, Ooh. and they share a common ancestor with T-Rex and velociraptors. So, the
2: big ones, the
1: and the deadly
2: <laughs> ones, the pac mentality. okay.
1: Yeah, the scary ones from Jurassic Park. Poppy. Mm-hmm. So, again, point one for Joel. Valid, valid fear. <laughs> and so they didn't... I have heard things like they came from T-Rex, like as in they directly descended from t-rex that's not quite true it's that they both share a uh, common ancestors so they're related but they're like cousins
2: okay yeah you know? okay yes that's very clear they hang out during the summer you know right but right. they're they're not living together they don't have all the same genes yeah
1: they do holidays with each other you know catch up and uh yeah i would it would be fun i i have wonderful cousins i don't want to diss my cousins they are great I would love one of them to be a T Rex, though. I
2: mean, the advantages when you go to the mall—that you're clearing out spaces. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like picking out,
1: uh, you know, during holidays, picking out a tree, mm-hmm. going to malls, shopping. Like, you know, you just like one whip of that huge tail knocks everyone out, clears clears a path.
2: You're gonna get straight to the front of the line at Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> it's No problem. <laughs>
1: I see you have a T Rex with you. Well, uh, we have the special table.
2: <laughs> it's called the whole restaurant. Please do come in. I love it. That cousin's not allowed to drink, though. He cannot invite. No, no, no. You can't drink while being a T Rex. <laughs> it's just, just dangerous. <laughs> Oh my
1: God. D-U-T- D-U-T-Rex. Yeah, that's not not allowed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was just imagining a drunk T-Rex smashing through a mall. It's very <laughs> ridiculous. Listen, yeah, he's
1: got like a little beer bottle <laughs> on his tiny little claws. Smashing it to the ground, but it looks really funny because those little tiny oh little God. hands like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so they did descend from probably somewhat bigger, like dinosaurs that were bigger than most birds are today, certainly. So around 100 to 500 pounds with lots of teeth and definitely could not fly yet. But those were their common ancestors were these big kind of like, probably sort of, uh, I don't know, raptor looking dinosaurs and, you know, chunky. So, you know, not, you know, that was their common ancestor with things like T-Rex and Velociraptors. So another misconception, though, is that birds descended from Archaeopteryx. Have you ever heard of Archaeopteryx? I have not. So Archaeopteryx is a classic fossil of this dinosaur that is considered or used to be considered one of the earliest birds, the mega early
2: bird, where it's
1: this little raptor-looking dinosaur with feathers.
2: Do you want to describe what you're seeing here, this picture? Okay, guys, I want you to imagine the feet of a chicken and the (laughs) tail of a peacock, the wings of, like, a toucan? You know, but, like, blue and green (laughs) instead of that bright red color and then, like, a tiny velociraptor head. And that's (laughs) the animal. (laughs) Right. And so that's Archaeopteryx.
1: We actually don't know what Color it was. This is probably the artist's interpretation. This artist was just like, I don't make it a peacock. Why not? <laughs> Who knows? It could have been. It could have been like jet black, like a big raven. Actually, they probably were raven sized, and there's some. There's a lot of research about it, like trying to figure out what color it was. Some say like, oh, it was actually it shared properties of like a uh, uh, blackbirds and, and ravens. So like maybe it was jet black. But it's it's hard to say. Like, there's something like, no, no, it had other colors. We we don't really know. I like to think of it as being really fancy, just peacock colored. Personally,
2: <laughs> I like the idea of Edgar Allan Poe knowing this, and his raven was really <laughs> this guy, just a big ass dinosaur. Nevermore. <laughs> Quoth the raven. Rawr! <laughs> <laughs> it makes the story much more fascinating. I'll reread that right now. Oh but
1: that is, but that is Archaeopteryx, and it, and it was small, so about the size of a raven. Which I mean, I guess when I say small, quote unquote, ravens are pretty pretty hefty for birds. And they were around 150 million years ago, so that's Late Jurassic, uh, about a foot long. The way I think of it is, they kind of look like a roadrunner, but with teeth and a very lizard-looking face.
2: That's a very good description.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's like. It's often considered this missing link between birds and dinosaurs, but it's also very possible and probably true that Archaeopteryx and birds shared a common ancestor, but Archaeopteryx was kind of this like evolutionary pit stop to birds. That makes so, sense. So, I don't know, I don't think the there's like a definite consensus yet. Like it's always tricky trying to trace back fossil records and figure out exactly how these evolutionary paths were. Mm. But yeah, certainly it was definitely at least a pit stop from dinosaurs to birds. I will say as
2: somebody who has done some very minor studies on like the structure of animal bodies into fantasy creatures, like I'm specifically thinking of like dragons where some people really detest when dragons have four Limbs, because they're like mm. that's not how science works. <laughs> they're like you could have the <laughs> wings instead of the arms, and that would make it. Right. And I'm looking at this guy, and he has like wing arms, like he has like the little chicken yeah. feet as at the end of his wings, which makes me think he's got talons. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine Claws. him in combat. Yeah, like, this one foot winged claw creature. I feel like. Listen, chicken fights are bad. I don't wanna promote them. <laughs> but if no. we could pay to see this guy <laughs> in a chicken fight, I would maybe be interested.
1: If this if we could see two Archaeopteryx consenting to doing a wrestling yes. match. Yes. That would be great. I'm
2: here for it. It just to be very interesting. First thing
1: first thing I'm gonna do if I get a time machine and an ability to <laughs> communicate with dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, but I I do love that. Like, I mean, like if you want to come up with an awesome dragon, just look at bird evolutionary history. Archaeopteryx, you scale that thing up, maybe make it a little meteor, a little a little more buff yeah. like a like that would be a terrifying dragon. And it does it does have claws on its wings, and you can kind of imagine the wings folding and it kind of walking along on its claws oh with like God. the folded back wings, but then like unfolding them and being capable of flight. So uh, there actually has been a lot of debate over like whether these guys fl- flew, mm. how they flew, like what what's the deal? We obviously can't watch one of them work until Jeff Goldblum or whoever it is, clones it wasn't Jeff Goldblum who did it, it was the other guy, but you know. Once they clone dinosaurs, (laughs) which they don't need to do, again, because we already have dinosaurs and they are birds, but they, uh, so there are theories that range from it being a glider to like, so basically like a flying squirrel or something where it's like on a branch and then it glides down to another branch. Uh, Some theorize that it could have run on the ground and taken off from the ground and then others are like, no, it wasn't strong enough, like its flight muscles weren't strong enough to do that. Uh, There are recent studies that are like, oh, it was probably a burst flyer like pheasants and modern birds that its bone structure seems to be very similar to where basically it didn't fly a lot, but then it could use its wings to evade predators by these short bursts of flight up to tree branches or by like gliding and like hopping from one branch to another and using its wings to basically be able to do these little bursts of like amplified jumping or or short flight to be able to escape predators. But yeah, so it's most of the theories suggest it was at least using those wings for something similar to flight, if not, you know, full fledged
2: flying. I like to imagine that it just like to glide a lot. Like, it was just, like, a sugar <laughs> glider, and instead of, like, just hopping to the ground, it's like, I'm just gonna lazily, like, listen, I got these wings, no one else does, I'm just gonna enjoy gliding a little bit. Okay, I changed my mind. We
1: do have to clone these, <laughs> and I have to have one. Can you imagine being, it'd be, like, being in falconry, but way, way cooler. And I love, look, I love falconry, <laughs> but imagine this, like, you you have your your leathery gloved hand, and then one of these things just lands on you and goes, "Ah!" listen, the
2: Khaleesi cosplay is about to get a huge (laughs) transformation, okay? That would be amazing. So how
1: dinosaurs became birds, again, it's like, well, how? It's such a huge change. Is this something where it's like it happened in these really dramatic steps, a drastic mutation in these dinosaurs that somehow was useful and then that was like this huge leap in evolution. So that's actually called a uh, hopeful monster in evolutionary biology, which what? I feel like you would you would very much agree with birds being hopeful monsters. But hopeful monster basically means you want like most significant mutations aren't going to be great. Like you have a mutation and like half of your body is gone or something. Okay. It's not going to work out. So good for you in terms of uh, evolution. But the hopeful monsters theory is that like, if you once in a while, you're going to have a dramatic mutation that actually does help you. And so you're basically, you're a hopeful monster. So you're a monster that's hoping that your ridiculously horrific mutation actually works out
2: for you. That is such an interesting concept. I want to apply it to humans and put it in a sci I think we're talking about a lot of sci-fi stuff today because that's sort of my Mm -hmm. corner of the world. But I really... Love the idea of us being hopeful monsters, and what would our like major genetic change be? It doesn't right. decimate us as a species. Yeah, that would be intriguing. I like the idea that we're suddenly eight feet tall with claws. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we are true alpha predators. I don't know and we're if you've seen that me that in way. person, but. <laughs> of course we have to paint our claws because that's who we are as humans right now they're I actually have
1: really long nails right now because like i haven't really had to do anything so they've just been getting longer and longer just practice for the next evolutionary step (laughs) exactly the problem with the hopeful monster idea is that again like most significant mutations will end up killing you basically like they're not going to be good so it's very very rare that a really significant mutation that results in like a whole limb changing Mm -hmm. or falling off is going to be good so often the evolutionary change happens over these smaller changes over time So it's like, it's this balance of trying to find out, okay, well, was this a big leap? Was this animal's parent significantly different from it? Or was there like this little small incremental change? And the answer is like, sometimes it's these small changes. Sometimes it's like a bigger change that happens suddenly. And sometimes it's a mix of the two. So it's not, it's definitely not always really clear. Like you don't have this smooth gradient of change from one animal to the next. Sometimes you do and then it's interrupted by like a big sudden change. Usually you wouldn't have like a bunch of big changes in a row because that's very unlikely. Right. But still, it's it's very, it's, it's complicated. So it's more likely that bird like features developed over millions of years. So Feathers started to evolve in dinosaurs long before birds started to evolve. And I think this is something a lot of people are becoming aware of in terms of like, hey, our image of what a dinosaur looks like may not be Jurassic Park. It may be, you know, Old MacDonald where you had a bunch of giant chickens (laughs) running
2: around. (laughs) I remember first hearing about that in like late high school and being like, wait, what? Not lizards, (laughs) but birds? And then I was like, man, what does all that plumage look like? And were they like... When chickens, what do you call it when birds shed their feathers? Molting? Yeah. Are there like giant dinosaurs just molting Are yeah, we having probably. tumbleweeds <laughs> of dinosaur feathers like blowing in the wind?
1: You could stuff a whole mat. Like imagine so if like T-Rexes had enough feathers,
2: you could stuff a whole mattress. You have think? a whole down mattress. I think you have a T-Rex down comforter. <laughs> Amazing! I bet it was bet, so soft. Like ooh, with like a baby T Rex.
1: Ooh, I bet that'd be soft. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's so reptiles share a common ancestor with dinosaurs, but they didn't evolve from dinosaurs. And birds and reptiles have a common ancestor, but birds are dinosaurs.
2: Wait, Does that makes sense. Yes, but I I have uh, some questions. So reptiles alive during like the Jurassic period or the Jurassic period were dinosaurs or not dinosaurs? Is there an overlap? Yeah,
1: there's like an overlap in terms of like they they are share an ancestor. Like they there were these proto-reptile, proto-dinosaurs around and then those branch off into dinosaurs and reptiles. So there's like reptiles Poppy. around during dinosaur times, chilling out. And then there's eventually, dinosaurs turn
2: into birds. So prehistoric gators, just reptiles, not dinosaur crocodiles. That changes my whole idea. (laughs) I was just like, no, it's prehistoric. All dinosaurs. (laughs) All dinosaurs. Everything that lived back then was dinosaurs. (laughs) Because there were
1: also, there were mammals around during dinosaur times. It's true. Giant uh, whales and and such. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure there were whales when dinosaurs were around. Because, like, whales actually were terrestrial mammals that went back into the water. What? (laughs) So, yeah, whales started out as these kind of, like, weird little horse-like animals. And then these little horse-like animals turned into these sort of uh, semi-aquatic predator-like animals (laughs) that were, like, almost like mammalian alligators. It was really weird. And then those turned into whales.
2: Okay. It was super weird. What a journey whales have been on. Now I'm trying to <laughs> imagine horses turning into whales. It. <laughs> like a horse, it's now a whale. It's a swimming creature. What? But it has no legs. And so it's, where does its fin go? Oh my God. I, please somebody draw me a horse turning into a whale like creature and not losing its color. I would like it to remain its velvety brown, please. It's just a
1: tail and a mane, but like its legs are flippers. Yes!
2: I think I've seen
1: drawings of that, like 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 sort of mermaid horses.
2: It reminds me of a Pokemon, but I can't remember which one. It's blue and it's got like a shell, but it's like a dinosaur neck. Oh man, some of you are like it's this thing, um, yeah. But so many angry nerds right <laughs> I'm so now. So sorry, you guys. Feel free to tweet me about it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be really cool. You're right to be angry. Yeah, I would. I would love to have one as a pet, and then we would swim together, and it would be amazing. You can
1: have that. I can have the Archaeopteryx, and Perfect. we will be so happy. So happy. So, in terms of dinosaurs evolving into birds, like one of the big things is like, okay, how did they get so small? And, and able basically going from being these big terrestrial animals to being able to fly and being small enough to fly some of them. And bird skeletal structure actually looks a lot like embryonic dinosaurs. So it wasn't really that hard for birds to use dino DNA that already had these structures in their embryos to scale down and become more efficient for flying. So basically these there's a theory that dinosaurs these mutations were basically making the dinosaurs more and more immature so birds are like little baby dinosaurs flapping
2: around that's so cute yeah I, okay listen as terrifying as i think birds are it's really cute that they're just like and they it's like they did to themselves what we did to dogs we were like no yeah, like chihuahuas smaller <laughs> make them very tiny as so we can keep them in our bags Please. Yes, exactly. And they were like, we need to be small yes. so we can evade danger, I presume. They chihuahua themselves. It's so freaking cute. <laughs> and I, I think typically when we think of like smaller animals, we think of them as being more in danger, like less able to protect themselves. So that's very strange. Well, the reason they came smaller is it
1: actually helps them to fit into a certain evolutionary niche. So if you're a big animal, like a big predator, like T-Rex, you may think, well, that's the optimal thing. They're all dead now because (laughs) they had to eat so much meat. And they, you know, basically it's not easy to be a predator. It's really hard to be a predator. You have to eat a bunch of meat. If your hunt doesn't go well, if your prey is evolving to avoid you better. If something happens to the climate, for instance, or a big cataclysmic event where you can't find food, you're doomed. If you're small Makes so much sense. and you can get into this niche that's not being used, like trees, and you're able to go after something very abundant, like insects, you're actually much more likely to survive, even if some of you get eaten as a snack. But again, you're small. And you're starting to get more agile. You can actually start to fly and glide. Like the Archaeopteryx, you're able to evade predators. You're becoming way more successful than a T-Rex ever could be by getting smaller, by scaling down. And basically, you're like, yeah, I'm not a big barbarian. I'm a little rogue. I'm a little ninja. Like, I I basically can get through this
2: evolutionary dungeon no problem. No matter what I roll on stealth, I'm going to (laughs) win. Okay, I'm set for life. That is way cool, and it makes a lot of sense, too. Again, I had such an elementary understanding of, like, the dinosaurs and what happened. We studied that in third grade, and then no one thought it was important for me yeah. to talk about it again. <laughs> and so my understanding was, like, giant comic cons, dinosaurs dead. <laughs> and like, it makes much more right. sense. that It's like, well, then their food supply was changed, and then yeah. like the weather was a little different, and then an ice age came. Yeah, it's the actual impact of the
1: comet isn't really uh what killed them it's it was the change in their environment and climate and just not like basic it's it's sad but yeah like slowly you know dying off and and starving or you know just not you know yeah it's uh i think that's one of the things like when we talk when we think about big cataclysmic events like a Like a meteor strike, or global warming, or even like a nuclear disaster, we think, okay, that's it. It's binary. We're we're done. It's like, nah. Like we'd still be around. We'd have to find a way to survive and evolve, or else we're gonna
2: be like dinosaurs, essentially. If we end up curing my fear of birds today, I will leave with a healthy new fear of comets. (laughs) Their ability to change our world so suddenly. Technically, a meteor once it (laughs) gets into our atmosphere. (laughs) Noted.
3: Meteor.
1: (laughs) So the other big change from dinosaurs to bird is pretty obvious. They don't have teeth anymore, right? Yes. So why did they lose their teeth in favor of a beak? So some birds, especially aquatic birds, do have tooth-like structures in their beak, which are called denticles. But these aren't real teeth in the sense that dinosaurs had them. So the teeth did go away. And in some forms, like they re-evolved these kind of like denticles or... Whatever, but yeah, so like why it seems like teeth you would want. Right? It seems like it'd be a pretty, pretty good good thing to have. Absolutely. No reason to really get rid of that. But recent research suggests that it has to do with egg incubation time. Oh. So the development of teeth in the egg is estimated to have taken up sixty percent of egg development time in dinosaurs. What? So you Hello? get rid of the teeth, you have a much more limited amount of time in that very delicate, vulnerable egg where anyone can turn you into an omelet, and more time getting out in the world, spreading your genes, doing bird stuff, and <laughs> yeah. hopefully, you know, maturing to adulthood and, and passing on your genes. So it was a trade off of do I want to spend all this time as a little delicious egg growing these teeth or
2: ditch the teeth? You know, I like the idea of them spending 60% of their time just growing teeth. I imagine that means they had many sets of teeth and they were falling out. That is horrifying. I 60% in embryo on teeth. I don't think of babies as having teeth. Babies with teeth (laughs) is very scary. You're like, that's not right. You're supposed to just be all gummy in there.
1: Little dinosaur embryos just working really hard, like, doing, like, yeah.
2: <laughs> Grootie. Groot. Like, one pops out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining dinosaurs
2: with giant denture-sized teeth, like, teeth way too large for their mouth, and they're babies, and they're just chomp, 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 chomp. And it's very cute.
1: So reptiles, what's the deal with reptiles? You may have heard that dinosaurs are reptiles, birds are reptiles, or that reptiles came from dinosaurs and it gets pretty confusing honestly. That's because reptiles is a kind of outdated classification and one that's gone through some changes over the years. It used to just mean anything scaly and cold-blooded, that is, having to regulate its blood temperature by using its environment. Then we started to pay more attention to phylogeny, that is, evolutionary history, in categorizing animals, not just using their characteristics. Modern-day reptiles, such as crocodiles, lizards, snakes, and turtles, did not evolve from dinosaurs. They evolved from an early reptilian ancestor. In fact, so did mammals. Mammals, lizards, snakes, crocodiles, turtles, dinosaurs, and birds are all classes of animals who share a common stem reptile ancestor. Imagine a tree branching off, where you start with a small, early reptile creature, with a branch leading to mammals, a branch leading to turtles, a branch leading to and diverging into both snakes and lizards, and then there's the most awesome branch of all, the one that leads to archosaurs, which split into crocodiles and dinosaurs, and those dinosaurs became birds. So, when people talk about birds or dinosaurs being reptiles, really they mean they both descended from early reptile ancestors, but honestly, so did us mammals, so maybe it's a bit of a strange categorization. Birds today are most closely related to crocodiles, who were cousins both to ye olde dinosaurs and to our modern day dinosaur birdies. Does any of this sound confusing? Don't feel bad. It's really difficult to untangle the evolutionary tree. And researchers are often finding out new discoveries that help prune some of these tangled branches. When we return, we're going to take a look at some real living birds who don't want us to forget that they're dinosaurs.
3: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
0: Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping free shipping on your subscription order, go to Symbiotica.com, that's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com.
1: So, what was the earliest bird of all time that we know of? Almost 67 million years ago roamed the Wonder Chicken. Wonder Chicken was about the size of a seagull, had a head like a chicken, a body like a duck, and long legs like a shorebird. It's the oldest fossil record that we have of birds. Unfortunately, Wonder Chicken is now extinct, but we still have birds alive and pecking today who have some really interesting characteristics that remind us, hey, they're dinosaurs. So Joelle, now that we know a little bit more about the evolution of birds Mm. from sort of the standard dinosaurs to the dinosaurs that they are now, the, the bird, bird dinosaurs. (laughs) I want to talk about some birds that are alive right now that remind us that they're dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, Yes.
2: Let's hear about the terrifying birds of today. Yes. I'm
1: sure you're going to love this. section. I
2: am going to be more prepared when I see a horrifying bird and I can tell people (laughs) why they need to be afraid when they're like calm down. It's just a bird. Yes. So first I want to talk
1: about a bird who may not by its appearance, remind you exactly of a dinosaur, but it has one of the oldest fossil records of extant, which means living bird species. So this is the Sandhill Crane, which is found in North American wetlands. It's also found in northeastern Siberia, which sounds weird until you actually look at a world map and see how close they are, like on the globe. It's like, Oh, they're almost kissing those continents. As they were probably
2: like, crossing back and forth before yeah. the plate shift?
1: Wow. Uh, or, or migrating over, over the water, potentially, yeah. Ooh, okay. So their definite fossil record stretches back at least 2.5 million years ago Ooh. which is the oldest fossil record we have of living bird species that doesn't mean they are the oldest living species of bird Got it. it just means that they have the oldest fossil record so that could have something to do with like say their environment like maybe wetlands preserve fossils better and that's why we have them so we don't know like that they are the oldest living species of bird just that we have the best records of them. Copy. There's also a 10 million year old fossil that may be a sandhill crane, although we, we're not exactly sure. There's some debate whether it's like an older ancestral species Ooh. or whether it's the sandhill crane, but it could be. There could, which blows, like we have these birds walk strutting around that could be 10 million years old, which is
2: a lot, yeah. a lot to think about. And I mean, we wouldn't have changed that much, it looks like. Wow, yeah. this is cool. I looked up the 10 million year old fossil because I wanted to see it. That is so cool. Yeah, It's like, fossils are wild because obviously bones shift as they're being compressed and so it's not always like a perfect outline. This guy's feet are kind of uh, janky. They seem to be like <laughs> placed one over the other, but you can he see was, it.
1: He was doing a cool ma- dance move
2: when he died. He's <laughs> like, I'm gonna be immortal. Yeah. <laughs> He sank into the tar pit. Immortal through dance. <laughs> but you can definitely see like the crane-like structure, and that's the yeah. crazy part.
1: Yeah. What's interesting, so I'm going to put on my conspiracy hat a little bit here. Let's hold it on tight. Conspiracy <laughs> hat. Get, on, get it on. Get on that tinfoil. <laughs> the Sandhill Crane is the prime candidate for who the Mothman sightings might be so uh you know mothman and that whole thing in north america where people see mothman and he's well he's a mothman he's a man who (laughs) looks like he's like half moth or something and he's it, it the 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 sightings that they report of having these red eyes and like this weird body and and being really tall and lanky it's thought that it's Probably, maybe... We actually talked about this in an earlier episode that I did with the night call ladies. It could be that it's these sandhill cranes that in their heads, they have this red coloration on top of their heads. So they look like, you know, how you imagine a crane or a stork to look. Right, right. But then they have these this like red coloration. So people who are like, oh, the Mothman, he has these big red eyes. If you imagine like a hunched over crane where its neck isn't sticking out... And it's like standing kind of upright. It I could look it. very human
2: like. Yeah. Yeah, because it's got that those bulky wings, which can easily right. be shoulders if you're seeing right. it in like silhouette form and it's late at night. Exactly. I only yeah. saw a lot of the Mothman uh, stuff on the bridge, on a bridge in Jersey. Uh, so if he was just chilling on like a guardrail, you, know, you, you, yeah. you, could, you could see that. You'd be like, what is this thing with giant red eyes looking at me right. out of the
1: darkness? Ah. Right. The sort of scientific explanation is that the sandhill crane, it's bigger than you would necessarily expect a bird to be. And if one of them kind of strayed from its normal migratory path and you're not used to seeing sandhill cranes and you see this bird, but its neck is kind of tucked in and its wings are out and it looks like it has these big red eyes, you'd be like, oh, it's a mothman.
2: (laughs) And we have to go. We have to be away from it.
1: Or... Here's here's the conspiracy time. This is a 10 million
2: year old beast that's behind everything. Oh, my God. It's the Illuminati. <laughs> okay. It's coming for you and your children. Hide yourselves.
1: Other Mothman mythologies like, oh, Mothman always shows up before disasters. Mm. Oh, well, this is 10 million years old. It was behind like everything.
2: This is what led to global warming. Pompeii. Everything. Global warming is because of this bird. Global warming. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The one people who could stop him, humans, are going to (laughs) die. Oh, my gosh. But if you want to see
1: the dinosaur in birds, all you have to do is look at baby birds of a lot of different bird species. And you can see you're like, oh, yeah, they're dinosaurs. Right. Why didn't we see this (laughs) earlier? So. Probably because baby birds and fledglings have less developed feathers. So like they're not puffy and you can see their skin and stuff. It's like with our illustrations of dinosaurs and our popular idea of what they look like, they're kind of shrink wrapped where we like, all right, even if they had feathers, that was maybe just a few of them. We don't think of them as being puffy and like Mm. filled out like a, a bird is. Although they could have been. They could have had more feathers and been more fluffy, which I think is adorable. But when you look at a baby bird, they look like dinosaurs, especially species like blue herons. So if you dare take a look at that picture of that baby blue heron.
2: I think, listen, it's cute. I can't deny it. It's super cute. It's got a very long neck and it looks like it's making the sound. Ah! It's like a cry slash like primal scream. It is. Oh, I like its little feathers. It's cute.
1: It is cute, but it looks like a little dinosaur, right?
2: Totally, absolutely. It's a hundred
1: percent little dinosaur. I mean, that is what it is. But so these are found in North American wetlands. They eat fish, and you know, if you live in North America, you may have seen an adult blue heron. They're those very elegant. Birds with the long necks and long beaks, they have that like one little frond of, of black feather coming off of their heads. Uh, but and, and so when you look at that, it, it's, it, you know, kind of elegant. And so you think, oh, it doesn't you know, it doesn't like look super like a dinosaur. Like, again, it's all filled out with feathers.
2: They look like a more refined pelican. Not a pelican, yes. but uh, is that the pink one? What's the pink one? Flamingo. They kind of flamingo. look like a flamingo. Like they're <laughs> very long and tall yes. and they like stand Stainly. on one leg. Yeah, totally. But not yeah. at all dinosaur-like. But they're babies. They're so squat. Yes. And is this, this little black and white guy, one of theirs too? That is actually, <laughs> this is so
1: cute to me. But this is a baby southern ground Aww. hornbill found in southern Africa. So in Kenya and South Africa. And it looks like a little dinosaur alien to me. It looks, you know, <laughs> for some reason it's giving me Lilo and Stitch vibes. I yes. know it doesn't really, it doesn't look like Stitch himself, but it looks like artwork that would have come from that movie. Here's the thing,
2: it has the attitude of Stitch. One yeah. leg popped out, head cocked to the side. This bird is giving you sass. It's not taking your BS.
1: Arm akimbo, arm on hip or little
2: wing on hip. Yes. And it
1: is just like yeah, I'm a dinosaur. What about
2: it? You are going to listen to and respect this baby bird, okay? She's got yeah. it going on. I love this. <laughs> Horrifies me. It's stuff of nightmares, but also cute. Yeah. You're winning me over. I see what your yes. game is now. This, this is the thing. I think instead of
1: telling you you should not be afraid of birds, <laughs> they're not scary, I should be saying, yes, they're scary. That's what's so cool about them they are terrifying little dinosaurs and adorable and yes if they could kill us all they probably would but the fact that they don't adorable
2: i see the appeal <laughs> they're very charming
1: so the adult ground hornbill oh looks no
2: very different no no that's when it's no. filled out
1: with feathers no it's, it's uh jet black it's got a long beak and it's I imagine the part that you're not super into is that red kind of guller pouch uh, waddle coming it off of its like neck. It looks like it
2: swallowed a heart and it, half of it fell out. And like it's still beating <laughs> in its throat. And maybe the heart, like the, the ventricles from the heart, have like, yeah. started to wrap up around his eye. It's yeah. very much something out of a Mary Shelley book. It, it I is I can't horrifying. actually
1: argue with that. And they can live to be up to 60 years old, oh, and they grow wow. up to two feet tall.
2: Well, if it's only two feet tall, I can kick it. So that's good. <laughs> that's true. I wouldn't. I don't like to harm animals. I wouldn't <laughs> kick it. But if I felt it was attacking me, I, I right. might. You could. It's it's <laughs> hypothetically possible. Your
1: morals hold you back, but yes. knowing that you could brings you some comfort. I understand that. I like to call these guys uh, Swole Zazu, because they are
2: hornbills. <laughs> <laughs> this does look like Zazu's older, much more like Tuppock. Like, yeah, Zazu thinks he's everything because he's got like access to the palace, and this guy is like, okay, well, I run the streets. So what are we yeah. doing, really? Yeah,
1: he's just like he show- He's like Zazu's cousin who shows up, and he's like, "What's up, What's up Zazu? I've got <laughs> like a bunch of beer, bunch of brewskis. We're gonna put the game on. It's a very come at me, bro, bird. I think." And it's it's great. It'd be like it'd be a great foil for Zazu, who's very like, "Oh, I'm an I'm an efficient little bird, bird right?" <laughs> That's not really Zazu's voice, is it?
2: No, not at all. He's got the. Oh, kill. it's my Zazu. You know, I'm here to save,
1: save the lions, aren't I? Isn't it? Right. <laughs> here, I am,
2: Zazu. I'm going to save the kingdom, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> I like uh, not John Stewart, but the other John. British John, John, Oliver? John Oliver does the Zazu's British voice. Yeah. <laughs> he does Zazu's voice on The Lion King live action movie. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh it's it's pretty special. It's one of my favorite performances from the live action movie <laughs> uh cuz he's he he really channels his inner Brit. It's pretty special. Yes.
1: Yes, but then this is like I don't know. I don't know what what what's like the swole
2: British like I don't know anything from uh <laughs> A Guy Ritchie movie. You need. You need- <laughs> this is the Guy Ritchie version of Zasu.
1: <laughs> we did it. We solved it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Uh, we got there. It took a while, but we got there. <laughs> <laughs> so these these hornbills can fly, but they mostly hunt on the ground, and they're carnivores. So you know.
2: On the ground cool. where you live and walk, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. They could be up in the sky finding other sky demons, yeah. but nope. They Literally to on our here. turf.
1: Yes. Rude. So now I want to talk about a bird who looks like it came out of a Jurassic Park movie slash science fiction oh no. slash fantasy movie, and it's called a Watson.
2: Okay. Gonna scroll down a little bit, closing my to eyes. center yourself Take a deep breath. Okay, you guys, you need to know. It has red eyes and an orange mohawk <laughs> and bright red wings, but, like, black and yellow tail feathers, which, to me, um, a casual purveyor of nature says danger and warning, okay? When you get black and yellows and reds like this, that's like, I'm poisonous. Don't eat me. I will destroy you. Uh, and it, also has like weird highlight feathers on its neck that make it look mm-hmm. very angry. I yeah. would not mess with this it's bird.
1: It's got it's got a bit of the speak to the manager haircut. Little, it?
2: It, I was gonna say it has a Karen haircut. It's got a Karen haircut. Okay, okay. And this this image that you provided with its head cocked to the side absolutely says I need to speak with someone. I need to speak to your manager like right now. My sandwich did not come fast enough, and I am livid.
1: I had some of your leaves on this tree, and I gotta tell you, the service on this tree has been really,
2: really bad. And she would get that refund too, because look at her. I'm, I'm just giving you your money back. Please don't be mad at me anymore.
1: I want my money back. Yeah, that, these are these are Karen birds. No, these. Uh, so they're about the size of a chicken. They, you did a very good job of describing it. Uh, But yeah, it has these like brownish black feathers on their back and tail feathers, which they kind of have like an oil slick sheen when in the light. Uh, They're tipped in a yellowish gold. Uh, The front part of their wings have these dark burgundy feathers. Their bellies are gold. The flesh around their cheeks and eyes is bright blue. Uh, They have a mohawk crest of yellow and black feathers. The, The Karen haircut a little bit. And then... A sort of like black hawk like beak, and their eyes are crimson red. So, a little, a little, you know, no. interesting looking, a little scary, maybe. Interesting, uh, I looking, think they're. She says. I call it the <laughs> stuff of nightmares. I think they're kind of pretty, though. They look like a cyberpunk turkey to me a little bit.
2: <laughs> it does. <laughs> I was not expecting cyberpunk turkey, but when you look at this thing in the face, it does look like T2's like sidekick bird. Okay, if the Terminator came back and needed an animal sidekick, it would be this guy and he would peck out your eyes.
1: I need your clothes and I need a cuddle bone for my bird. (laughs) I love it. So they are found in the Amazon rainforest. Now, here's the thing. These are really interesting birds in that they kind of show us like this transition from dinosaurs to birds. Now, this doesn't mean that these are the transitional birds. We don't know that. Uh, they're probably have like pretty old species, but there could have been many species before them that were more transitional. But here, here's where it gets weird is that they're chicks. Remember how we were talking about the claws on the Archaeopteryx? It's chicks have claws on their wings. Like, little tiny claws. Kind of like, it could either be a vestige of dinosaur claws or a new adaptation that, like, came back. Like, they didn't have claws and then they re-evolved claws. We don't really know, necessarily. But these claws allow them to climb trees before they're capable of flight. And the claws go away by adulthood. So... It's basically to protect these little... You're shaking your head, but...
2: Listen, at first I was like, okay, maybe it's the baby birds that I love. Like maybe just their adult selves are scary and I need to focus my energy on loving baby birds. Who doesn't love a baby? But now here they have claws and they can chime trees with those claws before they can learn to fly, which Just the Watson babies. Ah that might be enough to turn me off of all the bird babies. <laughs> I know it's prejudice, but I don't know how to trust in now. Hashtag not all bird babies
1: <laughs> but yeah, so these are for defense. So if the chicks are attacked by predators, they can drop out of the tree into water Swim to shore and then climb back up their tree. So oh. they're not using these claws as weapons.
2: That's really cool. They are using them cool. for
1: defense. That is it a, is super cool.
2: That is weirdly very cool. Uh, I maybe went over again. Damn it! <laughs> You're really getting me here today, Katie. It's tough because I like. I like the idea of it doing the Pocahontas dive into water with a giant waterfall behind them. Uh, it gives off a <laughs> magic and majestical feel. That's they're from the same... But it's just like little
1: ba- dumpy baby bird going like...
2: <laughs> it's falling. Listen, they're having fun. That's their version of summer camp. We did it too. Now, these guys are from the land where they have like the really giant birds, right? They're extinct now. But it was like a mesa that like rose above and like there was some more... Are you do you understand all what I'm talking about? Uh,
1: well, there there were um, like the, the terror birds, like the land-dwelling ones or the big... Oh, uh, what's it called? Um... There's the one. There's the ones that could fly, and then there's the giant terror birds that lived on the ground. Yeah, no, the ones
2: that could fly. The terror birds were the one on the ground. Argentavis magnificens. Yeah,
1: Argentavis magnificens.
2: Oh Lord! Now that is a big guy. This is the stuff that haunts my nightmares. <laughs> that I can't. Oh my. Oh Lord! I'm like they. Okay, guys. Imagine like you know how um, vultures are sort of like especially when we think of them from our, like, animated cartoons things. They're, like, thin and, like, creepy, and they've got, like, little hunchbacks, and they, you know, they don't have this voice, but that's the voice that I imagine in my head. These guys are, like, very thick, like, huge, <laughs> much larger, but with that same creepy yeah. hunchback thing, and I can't. They're, like, a like
1: a much more swole California condor.
2: Uh, it's a no for me. <laughs> I, I don't like them. But I think that they're cool. Like, their history is cool. Because they're, right. like, magically, because of how the tectonic plates shifted, they were, like, higher above than what got knocked down. And they were, like, we're pretty good up here. And they lasted until, like...
1: <laughs> we're good up here. Yeah, and they had, like... They were huge. They... Like had wingspan of like twenty feet or something. It much was much larger they, than a
2: man. It's so, <laughs> it's upsetting.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, they were serious birds. These ones, uh, in uh, comparison, are just the size of chickens. So <laughs> okay, they're not not quite as intimidating in terms. Like they have to make up for it in terms of their styling, not their size. But these are actually the last surviving member of the genus, Opisthocomus, Which and it's not exactly clear where they fit on the bird clade tree, but they may have been their own branch of early birds from around the time that dinosaurs went extinct and birds were starting to evolve. So like, you know, you have birds evolving and then this is like a could be like a really early, early bird.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, All right. So he definitely got the worm. He, He was all set
1: they're actually herbivores they eat vegetation exclusively and they actually so this is crazy but they have a crop so that's like part of the bird digestive system that works similar to the guts of ruminants. So ruminants are cows, goats, sheep, deer, etc. That where they will ferment vegetation in a special part of their digestive system <laughs> called the rumen. But these birds, they aren't mammals. They don't have a rumen. But they have a crop where they keep this vegetation, and it is also fermented for easier digestion. So they are also called... Uh, They're called flying cows sometimes. They're also called skunk bird or stink bird because the fermenting leaves actually create a foul odor. But yeah, they're basically flying cows.
2: (laughs) I love that they're not just flying cows, but I imagine they're slightly tipsy cows. (laughs) <laughs> all this fermentation going on within them, maybe they're well, so a I little need to bit of a sweetie right <laughs> now. Okay, we have to climb this waterfall and get back to our diving spot. Damn it. Oh my gosh, these birds are very fancy and very disruptive.
1: Yes, yes. They are they're the drunk Karen's the drunk flying <laughs> vegetarian Karens of the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> different bird species have all sorts of different eating habits. There's the flying cow or before we just talked about, there are insectivores, carnivores, frugivores who eat fruit, granivores, carnivores. Did I mention carnivores already? And omnivores. There are birds who are scavengers, birds who eat other birds, birds who eat bones. I'm looking at you, bearded vultures. If there's something edible on this earth, there's probably a bird who can eat it. They'll even eat small rocks and grit to help them with their digestion. So let's all be thankful we can't fit inside a bird's beak. When we return, we'll talk about a couple of birds that make us question how they could possibly be dinosaurs. They're way too cute! Paleontologists, paleobiologists, and paleoartists try their best to reconstruct what extinct dinosaurs looked like based on fossil evidence, but we don't know exactly what dinosaurs looked like. They were probably much different from the depictions they received in Jurassic Park. First of all, it's hard to know exactly how their flesh was filled out. Were they wire and scaly, brown, and green, or were they brightly colored with vibrant fluffy feathers? As we make more discoveries and become more sophisticated with our ability to examine ancient DNA, we'll continue to get a closer picture of what different species of dinosaurs may have actually looked like. But there are a couple of living dinosaurs that we know exactly what they look like, and they're adorable. So now we've talked about the evolutionary history of birds and dinosaurs, and we've talked about Mm -hmm. some birds that remind us that they are in fact dinosaurs, now I want to talk about birds that when you look at them, you're like, how is this ever a dinosaur? <laughs> Does Yay! that make My, any sense? I feel like I will be very soothed by
2: these birds. Yes. They will be adorable. I, wanted,
1: I, I ratchet up your anxiety and then I bring it back down. so thoughtful of you. <laughs> but yeah, so the first one I want to look at is the Inca tern. It is a very
2: proper looking bird oh with a debonair God. little mustache. You guys, he literally has the curly mustache that a villain has, but he <laughs> has the eyes of a puppy. He's so cute. He looks like a little emperor penguin, kind
1: of. Oh. Who's a little gentleman? Who's a little gentleman? It's- yeah, he's got... This little, he or she, this could also be a female. Mustaches
2: so are unisex with this bird. Musta-
1: let's let's make mustaches unisex. Honestly, I'm going to save a
2: lot of money on waxing. Let's do it. <laughs> so I,
1: you know, like I, sometimes I think like if I had a handlebar mustache, I don't know, I think I could pull it off. You could obviously. absolutely pull it off. Are you Thank kidding you. me? So cute. Thank you. <laughs> so these, these little, little Uh, gentlemen and gentlewomen uh, live on the coasts of Chile and Peru. They are these little puffin-esque birds, and like all terns, they are seabirds. So, they're about a foot long and six ounces, so you could hold it like a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Their bodies are slate gray or blackish gray. Their feet are bright orange. Their beaks are bright orangish red. It looks like they have two little dabs of like yellow makeup on their cheeks.
2: If blush were yellow, it would be like, right <laughs> on the apples of their cheeks. Right.
1: Oh. It's kind of like clown makeup. Two little bright dots totally. of yellow on the each side of their mouths. These are these fleshy parts of their cheeks. I think they're called gape pouches. Oh. So they look like and then they have of course this like these two feathery f- plumes that look like handlebar mustache coming out from either side of its beak that are and they're white. It's just it looks like this, like, weird gentleman
2: clown. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised Disney has not made this a main character for one of their films yet. I know. Uh, it's got cute little webbed feet, so I imagine it swims a little. Yes. Oh yes, it does swim. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, I want to see its mustache, like,
1: ripple in the water. <laughs> it probably does. Blows in the wind, and they sing, sea shanties. You oh, know, I, I can
2: so see it now, the movie now. I imagine, okay, this bird... It has to protect the coastline and make sure the fish supply stays good for you know all the little mama and baby birdies back on land trying to try and survive. And on his adventure, he meets a giant whale and they talk about ancestors that brought them here and how he used to be a dinosaur and he was all oh, Well, I his used history. to be a
1: dinosaur. What were you? A, a tiny horse thing? Yes,
2: horse mammal. <laughs> That was my and, grandma. And a tiny
1: horse, too. Oh, That's my God. That's what whales were. It's so funny. Like, these huge whales used to be these tiny, like, little rabbit-like horses. No! Funny. Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: I'm, again, th- that he travels back in time and that becomes friends with these tiny land <laughs> horse rabbit whales. <laughs>
1: I just love the role reversal of like these huge dinosaurs becoming these little gentlemen seabirds. And then like these teeny tiny little like weird horse animals becoming these huge whales.
2: I have to look. I'm like trying to figure out what to Google. I'm like horse whale ancestors. Is yeah, that so
1: whale it? land. Let me let me find. I forgot its name.
2: I think it's called Indohyus. Indohyus. H right. y u s. Ah, here it is oh it's like a kangaroo leopard (laughs) thing what in the hell that is a former what you turned into a whale guys imagine like a muskrat mixed with a cheetah mixed with a kangaroo the size of a rabbit and that's what it is it is so weird (laughs) Oh <laughs> my um, but you can also kind of see where a whale would more like if if you guys know animorphs, I might be showing my age on that. But if you ever saw a human turn into an animal, that's animorphs. And I can see this <laughs> thing turning into a whale, even though that's the craziest thing ever. I
1: kept saying that it was horse like, but it's more deer like. I don't know yeah. why it's a horse. Um but yeah, here's I'm gonna paste an image into the dock here where you can see it looks like it looks like a freaking golden retriever
2: mixed with a deer and a kangaroo i am stunned it's Mm -hmm. so strange it is so so strange but it's but yeah it was this
1: little hooved animal that was the size of i don't know a capybara do you know what a capybara
2: is yes i do they're super (laughs) cute wow (laughs) guys you have to look it up don't rely on our descriptions because you have to see it for yourself it is the most in. Like, I see where their ears went. I see how it's like lost its legs and it became like elongated fin form. It's all there, but it's in fur and like a dog, but not. Oh God, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah.
1: But evolution. Yeah, it, it's, yes, evolution. You crazy.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but back to these Inca terns, yes. little, little mustachio seabirds. So they are. I don't To me, they kind of look like a cross between a pigeon and a penguin with duck legs and a
2: mustache. That is, yes, 100%.
1: So they're similar to puffins in terms of their habits. They eat fish. They do dive into the water or dip to catch little fish. Unlike puffins, they don't do deep dives. They just kind of stick to the surface of the water. They also have these like little denticles on the inside of their beaks that helps them secure these fish in place. Uh, They're also similar to puffins. They have these huge nesting colonies where they have thousands of families. They're very socially outgoing, and they are monogamous for at least uh, a whole uh, breeding season. So they can switch partners for different breeding seasons. Sometimes they stick to the same partner, but yeah, they, they, they raise their... Eggs together, and then that little mustache that both the females and males have is actually an indicator of the Inca tern's health. And both males and females use it to assess their partner's health and suitability. So it is really cute to me. Basically, their dating is like, how healthy is your mustache?
2: Listen, we could all use it in our dating cycle. Just be like, how healthy are you, really? I also like the idea of a polyamorous sitcom starring these guys. <laughs> They're just like, listen, that was last meeting season. This meeting season we're going to try something different, but it's all love, boo. And then, yeah. you know, we spend two hours grooming each other's mustaches and that's how we know it's love.
1: Yeah, hand in hand and handlebar is what it'd be called. <laughs> Perfect. (laughs) And it's also said that they have a meow like call. Now, here's the thing. I would love it if they sounded like a cat meowing. But I've listened to this. It sounds like a cat who's like a chain smoker to me. It doesn't. (laughs) It's not a cute little meow. If you want to listen to it, there's
0: that YouTube link. Oh, my God. Yes. Clicking it now.
3: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution. Great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. C Y M B I O T I K A dot com.
2: Oh, it does sound like a New York cat who's waited for the bus for too long and now someone's <laughs> trying to cut in front of night. Like, now, now! <laughs> I will say it's not as horrifying as I thought it was going to be. No. It's kind of cute.
1: No, it's chain smoker cat, which is yes. cute. But, I mean, if you're a cat, don't chain smoke. I'm not saying That's do not it. not healthy for your cats lungs, little do kitty. do not smoke. Don't do it, cats. Be cool. <laughs> be mule. Stay in... Mule. <laughs> uh So now I want to talk about a bird... Who, when you think about the evolutionary path of dinosaurs and Mm. birds, it is mind-blowing. It is the tiniest bird in the world, and it is the bee hummingbird. So, the bee hummingbird is only found in Cuba. It is only two inches long. It's under three grams. It weighs less than a single grape, and it's about (laughs) the size of a grape. Uh,
2: It is tiny it is so oh my goodness oh my god guys if you've seen flit from pocahontas it's a tiny hummingbird it's like that like it oh it could fit between your fingers
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes it's it's literally like a little flying colorful grape it it, and it weighs less than a grape it's I don't know. It's nuts. I'm it, looking
2: it's... at one perched on somebody's thumbnail. Oh, my God. It's so, okay. This is the only bird I stand. This bird and I are friends. It is the cutest. And it doesn't even have like its beak is kind of long, like it typically is of a hummingbird. But it doesn't have that weird, like long tongue thingy that I don't like. That thing weirds yeah. me out. It feels very well, alien. Well, it does, but you can't see it. It's so, so it's proportionate to its body. <laughs> and it's cute. And also, its plumage is very beautiful. Yes. Like it's almost iridescent.
1: Yeah. So, males are a bright iridescent blue on their back, and females are a bright iridescent green, and their bellies are kind of a grayish white. And they eat like most hummingbirds they eat nectar sometimes they'll eat a spider or tiny insect whatever they can fit in their little beaks their beaks do open i know it seems like they're just like a drinking straw that doesn't open and close but yeah they can they can open and close it and use it like little pincers but yeah mostly it's mostly nectar that they feed on and they build teeny 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 (laughs) tiny nests it's the size of a quarter (laughs) oh my god their nests can fit on a clothespin. Oh my and god. They lay two itty bitty eggs in it and each egg is the size of a single
2: pea. You guys, I can't describe to you. How I think Joel's gonna pass out. It is. And it's always two little eggs. <laughs> it's yep. So small. Oh my god. You can see there's a lot of pictures of people like handling or putting, you know, things near it so you can get a relative idea of the size, but very very tiny so cute i'm obsessed with doll houses i love tiny things and this is kind of perfect
1: <laughs> i know i love i love miniatures this i got to the point of quarantine where i was like i'm gonna build some miniatures but yes. i didn't do it let it's a lot I, of
2: work and also if you mess work. it up it's you gotta prime it and start from the yeah. top it's so much yeah. but when i obsessively watch like videos on Instagram of people like here's tiny dollhouse. Me too. Here's me too. Tiny me cafe too. With oh my menus. God. Have you ever
1: seen tiny cooking? Like it's a YouTube thing where yes. they build a ti- they build a tiny, fully functional kitchen and cook tiny food.
2: Little tiny. Food? I like it when they get a hamster and they feed the hamster. Yes, the that's what I saw, part.
1: Oh, I saw one where they made a hamster spa. And they put the hamster in the tiny spa and it. Oh, my God. like
2: little jets and little things. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. Stop. It was, that's oh, it was so cute. I, I can't take it. Like, imagine like a bee hummingbird in a tiny kitchen. One of these like, I just, I'm dead. Oh, i I did. This is what killed cute.
2: me. <laughs> I get a little terry cloth bathrobe. Mm-hmm. Who oh, can stay cuddly?
1: Oh, <sighs> My mom eggs. sent me photos of, there was this little hummingbird nest. Not a bee hummingbird, just a normal uh, hummingbird. And it was so cute. Oh, the tiny eggs. Mm. They just look like, I, I don't know, they look like little little gumballs. I, I want, <sighs> for some reason, just want to like put it all in my mouth. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> it would not taste good, but I don't no, really understand no. that. And impulse. I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't. Maybe I'm like part snake.
2: Just like, (laughs) oh, cute little egg. I want to
1: put it in my mouth. (laughs) Now, of course, I don't want to do this because I want them to develop into tiny hummingbirds. But can you imagine the world's tiniest fried egg from a bee hummingbird egg
2: on a tiny pan? Oh, I love it. With little tiny (laughs) sand cakes. (laughs) those are the cutest. Mm -hmm. I like
1: how whenever there's a cute animal, it's like, oh, it's so cute. How can I eat it? (laughs) Yes, I don't advocate eating the bee hummingbird, but they are so cute. They are so cute. But it's also, it's just crazy to think about how the evolutionary path of the theropods that also created the T-Rex ended up with, like, the little tiny pea bird. Like, it's just... So, like... To put it in perspective, the earliest common ancestors of theropods, so all theropods, including like velociraptors, T-Rexes, birds, was probably something either similar to or was uh, which is one of the earliest dinosaurs. It's a bipedal carnivore that looked like a sort of meteor velociraptor, like a cross between a T-Rex and a velociraptor. Yep, yep. It weighed 770 pounds and grew to be up to 20 feet in length. And these guys evolved around 230 million years ago. And it, it, I mean, it's like, you know, I can see how it like shrank down into bird ancestors and and like beefed up into like T-Rex, but it's just... It's crazy that it started with this template, and then just behind door number one, you become a T. Rex. Behind <laughs> door number two, burbs.
2: <laughs> I like. I really would like one of these dinosaurs, the size of a bee hummingbird. Like I really enjoy <laughs> the idea of this little guy. Like, he to bite you, but it can't do it. it you just, just feels shake. A it's like tickly. Sh- I don't know if you call that a snout on a dinosaur, the like mouth portion. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's shake snout. that like, look at you, little
1: guy, so cute. It's trying to bite your finger, but it can't it even get its jaws around things. it. Oh, you're so tiny. it's so cute. <laughs> but like, so so these guys were from around 230 million years ago. Bee hummingbirds evolved around 10 million years ago. Wow. So it only took 220 million years for herosaurus uh, or maybe a dinosaur similar to it that is thought to be the ancestor of theropods to become a little less than a grape sized buzzing puffball. It's crazy, you guys. That's
2: so impressive. Yeah. Dinosaurs are amazing, evolution is amazing. Yes. I feel like I am less afraid of birds, but more <gasps> cautious of the adult ones i am now warming up (laughs) to baby birds i think baby birds are okay most people dislike they
1: like adult birds but they don't like the babies because they think that babies are ugly this is how people feel
2: about siamese cats or like the shaved cats and i'm just like listen guys every no matter how much hair you have or how little hair you have you're worthy of love and you still be adorable and super cute it's also uh, hypocritical
1: coming from us naked humans. We're hella naked. Like, we have Except to put on so clothes. Naked. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> like... Ooh, can you imagine a baby bird in a
2: clothes? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I have Okay. What would I want to put on it? Like, in a little Jackie Kennedy outfit with uh, the... little <laughs> sailor suit. <laughs> ah. So cute. Ugh.
1: Oh. Well, so I feel like we've been on a learning journey and maybe like, I know it's, it's, we're not going to solve the relationship you have with birds in one podcast, but ha- like, I feel like instead of like saying, don't try to think about like, oh, I shouldn't be afraid of birds. Think about like, maybe there's like a reason for this fear and let's find the science behind it. And then that way we can move forward and put baby birds in sailor costumes.
2: <gasps> Does that make sense? Yes, yes. <laughs> Send me all of your baby birds in sailor costumes, please. I love him or her or them already. Yeah. Um, we haven't solved the problem, but we have come much closer. for that, great. I thank you. That's all I need to
1: hear. So thank you so much for joining me today, Joel. Uh, of
2: course, Joel is our wonderful producer. Uh, but do you have anything else to plug? Sure. Uh, If you are a mature listener, you can check out Fake Doctors Real Friends, which is a Scrubs rewatch show. Love Uh, Scrubs. It's a fun show to be on, uh, and you can rewatch along with us on Hulu.com. Other than that, you can come find me on my Twitters, where I talk a lot of social stuff and a lot of sci-fi stuff. I am Joelle Monique, and that's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. All one word. And you can find us on Instagram, at Creature Feature
1: Pod. I'll be posting pictures of all these fantastic birds. Find us on Twitter, at Creature Feet Pod. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That's something very different. You can find me, if you just want to hear my Katie thoughts, again, not not necessarily related to the show, but, you know, just my thoughts and opinions, that's at Katie Golden. And, as always, I am also pro-bird rights, where I... (laughs) This is a very relevant episode, to talk relevant. about basically the bird takeover is imminent and we must prepare uh, for our new beloved bird overlords. <laughs> Thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, ex Illumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, website, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what, wherever you get your favorite shows. More info now.